2: And greetings, welcome to the Steve Day Show free podcast, courtesy of CRTV. Well, it's free because they're footing the bill, so thank them as you tune in today on iHeart, iTunes, and Stitcher. Please subscribe, share it with your friends and neighbors, write us a positive review if you like us, it will help get the word out. If you don't like us, don't lie, just don't say anything and keep your mouth shut, please. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Show. Uh, Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We have a packed house here today. We just wrapped up the Dace Group Roundtable for CRTV. Let's go around the room here and give a little taste of what's to come. Kim, I'll start with you. Uh, Give us a little tease of what the audience is going to see today on CRTV.
1: Well, we have to go with the snowflake. The whole idea of what Jeff Flake was trying to do, and I called it audible Ipecac.
0: Nice. Aaron. Uh, The media is biased, and you won't believe what Todd said next.
2: Good clickbait. Always throw in there something we obviously already knew, which affirms everybody's, uh, uh, you know, biases yep. at the exact same time. Well played, Todd. Mm-hmm.
3: I was right. I will never be wrong about this. The one who is dumbest last loses, and the Democrats always want to make sure, somehow, some way. That they're the ones fulfilling that in the end.
2: Yeah, they're taking this whole home team with the media advantage thing a little too seriously. This might be a case where you don't want the last at bat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This, This might be a case. You know what? I think we're just you come off at the bottom of that I think we're just going to leave the game right where it's at right now I think we're good with we're push, good okay? push <laughs> <laughs> alright so CRTV.com if you want to watch the Dace Group roundtable today promo code Dace that's D-E-A-C-E promo code Dace and don't forget we have monthly subscription options too and a free trial period so if you try it during that period you don't like it just cancel before it expires you won't be charged anything and you will get access to all of the shows we have here at CRTV including the great one Mark Levin Phil Robertson, and then, you know, space bar, space bar, space bar, space bar, then there's us. All right. So crtv.com, promo code DACE. Let's get to some feedback. You guys ready? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Justin Gingrich writes I was listening to you guys' podcast the other day and the discussion about skyrocketing healthcare costs. I thought I'd give you an example of how it is affecting prices for young, healthy people. My wife and I are both in our mid 20s. Last spring, she took a new job with a very small nonprofit who pays 0% of health care premiums for employees. She now pays $149, $150 every two weeks, so about $3,900 per year in just premiums. On top of that, this plan is a high-deductible catastrophic plan. The insurance company pays nothing until she reaches the $2,000 deductible amount in any given year. Since regular health care visits will not come close to this, we are paying nearly four grand a year to insure in case of something catastrophic. To look at it from a different angle, the health insurance company is profiting on her every year unless she spends over $6,000 in health care with deductible and premium combined. For a 26 year old woman with average health concerns, that is crazy high. Thankfully, my job pays 100% of my health insurance deductibles, but they are essentially the same as hers for very similar insurance. If my job ever decides to stop paying our premiums, we are going to be in trouble. We also don't have any children yet. We're looking to start a family next year, which I'm sure will also increase our costs tremendously with dependents. Just some real-world information to back up your arguments. Todd, you are living this history, right? This is your family right here that Justin's talking about yeah you guys are, you kids. guys are just a few years ahead of them on the scale, but you've got the kids, the dependents they're they're thinking about having. So you can sympathize with this.
3: I can what you you need to start kind of realtering your paradigm. I mean, this is one it's amazing, conservative, uh, progressive. Uh, we are just so locked in to what we perceive our health care needs are because we think about healthcare instead of insurance i mean we conflate the terms all the time they're not the same thing you you can still get decent insurance through a co-op like my family is in right now where you you from month to month pay for the actual healthcare needs of actual families uh with within your circle uh, that you combine with but you also need to start doing things in your life to make a need for uh, insurance, a need to use healthcare, care, um, minimal. Uh, really, being proactive has never been more important to avoid these traps, and there's all manner of things uh, that you can do. I mean, I, I'm not just talking about diet and exercise, but in terms of yeah, how you raise uh, your children, what you view as vital, because I think we just have accepted hook, line, and sinker a, a certain bar That, quite frankly, is something that we've been programmed to believe, and they've got us right where they want us.
2: Russell Tarney adds, uh, I'm a conservative Canadian. No, like an actual conservative, not one of those conservatives for Canada. (laughs) Um, He says, uh, I was actually ordained in the ministry for a number number of years and am right now between pastoral positions. I'm a member of CRTV who enjoys almost all the programming you guys put out, and that's where I discovered your show. I work nights, and so I have a lot of time to read. I began uh, reasoning through your book, Rules for Patriots. I want to say it's one of the best books on conservative politics I've ever read. And the thing I appreciate the most is your willingness not to shy away from your faith when talking about issues. You guys speak boldly and clearly. Keep up the good work and fighting the good fight. Thank you, Russell. Um, We greatly appreciate that. And, you know, one of our mottos here on the show is how do we actually do what we believe? How do we actually do what we believe? Because ultimately, if we can't put it into practice, it's either insincere or ineffective. Neither one of those are a particularly beneficial option for a culture, let alone our own spiritual condition. So that's why we focus on how do we do what we believe. Do you think he'll be taking that back after we refight the Reformation on Monday? That is coming up on Monday. I'm looking forward to that, actually.
0: Yeah, Luther has not gotten back to me yet, just so you know. Have you tried booking him? I have. I (laughs) used uh, Google Translate. Hopefully it didn't get uh, lost in translation. Hopefully I didn't accidentally uh, insult his mother or something. But I have tried to book Martin Luther for Tuesday's show. Now,
2: Luther will will insult your mother. That is true. That's true, yeah. He will insult your mom. That is true. No doubt about that. Jeffrey McWilliams says, I listened to you guys' show tonight. It was extremely depressing. However, I think you're right. So, so the show was very good. Keep it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did it. Thank you, Jeffrey.
2: I just love that email. That I wanted to perfect. share it with you guys. Your show depressed me, but I think you're right, and it was very good, so keep doing it. Keep depressing me. I loved that. Okay. Um, dear Steve, Thank you for addressing David French's comments about Judge Roy Moore. Uh, It was a relief that I do not have to react badly to what French had to say, whether I agree or disagree. I was actually watching the Glenn Beck show, and my take is that Glenn knew very little about Judge Moore, and that's why he was asking David French, who he thought uh, might have an an uninformed opinion, and so the conversation went downhill from there. I don't know Judge Moore, but I felt compelled to donate to his campaign uh, after uh, hearing what you guys said about him. Um... I believe there's no way McConnell will stand by and let Judge Moore join Lee, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, and the Senate. I think he'd rather lose his majority than welcome somebody like Moore to the Senate, which is true, but now he doesn't have a choice. So um, appreciate the email, Joe. And I, I just want to state this again. Judge Roy Moore is not a plumb line,
0: mm-hmm.
2: okay? So I, I don't really care so much what your position on his candidacy is. I care about the integrity of your position. That's what I care about. All right? This idea that Jeff Flake is a conservative and he voted for Loretta Lynch and against Mike Lee's First Amendment Defense Act. But Judge Roy Moore has to be cast out because he wasn't willing to enforce Windsor. That's, that's Twilight Zone level stuff. I, 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 I can't do right. that. Yep. All right? I mean, I just can't. I mean, Guy Benson at Town Hall, who does a lot of good work, tweeted the other day, a party that doesn't have room for Jeff Flake but has room for Judge Roy Moore doesn't want me. Well, I kind of feel the exact opposite, actually. I think a party that doesn't have room for Judge yeah. Ray Moore, but thinks it has room for Jeff Flake, doesn't want me. And you know what, guy? We don't have to be in the same party. And in fact, right now, we're not. Yeah. We don't have to. There must be some ties that bind us other than Democrats suck. Aaron.
0: Yeah, and Eric Erickson last night tweeted out a party that doesn't have room for Ben Sass or a conservative movement that doesn't have room for Ben Sass is not really conservative Guys, we're making the same damn mistake we've made my entire life as it pertains to conservatism. We're making people the plumb line instead of ideas. That is dangerous. That needs to stop. It's an absolute no-no.
2: Yeah. And since you brought up Ben Sass, he's not having a good month. All right, We had this conversation about a month ago, and I think I told you guys if I was in his office, he'd be, he is handling his business exactly as I would advise. He's not having a good month. He, he has made several even, even Robert Jeffress whom I think you guys know what I think of Robert Jeffress why is he waiting into that? Why? What does what, what he gain from that? Other than let me wait into this so that I give Sean Hannity permission to have free reign hammering me every night on Fox News in front of four million potential GOP presidential primary voters what, what, what is the point of that? It doesn't directly in, you, if you're going to be a contrarian and I've had to learn this if you're going to be a contrarian, whether your name is Steve Dace or Ben Sass, you're going to have to, if you're going to buck the conventional wisdom and the prevailing winds of the, of the age, the spirit of the age, you have to be damned disciplined. These are conversations we've had as a staff frequently over the last year and a half. There are plenty of things we have chosen not to comment on, not to publicly disagree with people on. Why? Because when we game theoryed it out, what we determined was the fallout, the collateral damage of this engagement is not worth what a potential victory is. So let's not make enemies until we absolutely have to because it's necessary in obtaining victory. Anything short of that, then what is the point? And he's made that mistake a lot. Why is he waiting into the Alabama Senate race? So if I were working in Ben Sass's office, this would be the advice I'd give him now. You can be the quarterback or you can be the referee. You can't be both. Choose one. Do you want to be the referee? Do you want to do you want to enforce the rules of decorum within the Republican Party? Now that like the party probably doesn't need somebody performing that role, then by all means knock yourself out. Just understand, that guy gets booed every time he calls a penalty that isn't on the other team, all right? So that's not a path to the presidency on any level whatsoever, especially if you do it well. <laughs> if you do it well, which means you're not a hack, then everybody hates you and, you, and that's definitely not a path to the presidency. Now, if you want to be quarterback of the team, that's the presidency. Then you need to do more of what we're doing here. Pick and choose your battles, It's clear he doesn't know anything about Judge Roy Moore beyond what he's probably read from National Review.
0: And he just wants to make sure that uh, nobody thinks he's like one of those that's exactly. conservatives. And, well, and even and if that it's freaking and, pisses me off.
2: And see, even if that's not true, it comes across like yep. that. We're back to the whole argument we had the last month over the NFL protests. It's not about the message you thought you were conveying. It's about the message that was actually received. Yes. The message that's received is you want to make sure you get your punches in on your base so Bill Krista will, will, will say nice things about you yep. when he's cashing the check from CNN this month that may not be true I've never met Ben Sass. never met him I, I don't know him from Adam I've, well I've interviewed him a couple times but only on the radio that doesn't really tell you anything so that may not be what's going on but that is the message being received he is needlessly turning people against him and and Kim can tell you yeah he, the the younger conservatives love them they loved Rand Paul too he got 4% in the Iowa caucuses last year guys with with arguably the best organization the state has ever seen built within the Republican Party until Ted Cruz's organization. He inherited that from his old man. And he was loved at the CPAC conferences by all the young conservatives and libertarians, too. He got 4%. Why did he get 4%? Because he started cutting deals with McConnell. He went against his revolutionary image. He wanted to show he could go legit. In other words, he didn't build a base. Adoration from a demographic is not a base. A base is who goes to war for you. Who sticks with you through thick and thin. Rule number one of building a successful candidacy, whether it is dog catcher or president of the United States, rule number one is you must build a base. If you don't have P1s, this is why I would never become a Trump shill even if I I wanted to in my own mind. I couldn't do it. And the reason why I couldn't do it is I've built a base off of calling balls and strikes. The minute it is perceived, I go against that. I, lo- I lose my base. And if you lose your P1s, guess who? You've, that's you, you lose your P2s, P3s, and P4s. You can't build without a base. You can have wide appeal, but it's an inch, it's an inch thick. That's what Scott Walker did this past year, your former governor. Wide appeal. They loved him at all the, the the smart set conferences, but he couldn't build a base. He had no message that would gather him. A Rolling Stone could not was not was unable to gather any moss. He couldn't gather a, ba- a base. So if if SASS wants to be a national entity, and man, I'm not an expert on a lot, but. There have been two Iowa caucuses where I exhausted all of my platforms and political capital for candidates who were in the low single digits in the polling when I did so. And both of those guys ended up with the most damn votes anybody's ever gotten in Iowa. So I think I might know a thing or two about what it takes to build a base. Maybe. What he's doing this month won't do it. They'll write nice things about him in national and NRO columns. And then what'll happen? We'll be writing the story when he gets to Iowa and South Carolina. We'll be writing whatever. What happened to that guy? What? Like Scott Walker? I've seen this story before. You don't. I love Jonah Goldberg's work. I follow it. You don't build a base in the grassroots from fawning col- columns from Jonah Goldberg. You just don't. It doesn't happen. Did we not just have an election where where all these people went all in to stop Trump? Who won? Trump won, guys. Exhibit A. Now, you can oppose Trump. Trump's not the plumb line either. But you have to look at why can't you beat Trump? He built a base that you can't break. Because, rule number one in any successful candidacy, you must build a base. Sass has no base, he has admirers. That's not a base you build a base of people who think when I'm in a dark alley when I'm in a trench when I'm on the wrong side of no man's land I know if I call blank he's there for me that's not the editorial board at National Review that's not CRTV really either frankly that's, this is not how you do what he is attempting to do now if his goal is he's kind of given up on the Republican Party as a paradigm and he wants to be the trailblazer, then I still think he's made some mistakes this week or this month in turning people against him that he didn't have to. But then he's, he's much more on the right track than what he's trying to do right now. You know, I, I told you before that if I were in Ted Cruz's political operation, I'd be very afraid of Ben Sass. Whatever the odds are, that, that I, whatever I thought the odds are that Ben Sass could come in here and be that new hotness candidate, whatever I thought they were a month ago, they're half now. You got a lot of work to do, in my view. Well, and you He's know, got an appearance coming up at the Family Leader next month. Up. He better hit a freaking grand slam. Because here's the other thing, too. You may not like Judge Roy Moore's comments about Keith Ellison's Muslim religion, but again, it's about... It's about how the audience receives the message. The last state you want to come into and build a, build a base with the message of, we did have to surrender to whatever the Khans are up from their bow, that's the new law. They taught me that at law school. Oh no, no. As, as as someone who spent six months of my life tearing down that mental concrete in a retention election. That was, I was essentially the information ministry of that campaign, guys. I can promise you. You could create... That's a mortal sin in an Iowa caucus. Do not come in here and say... We're going to, that, 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 that Judge Roy Moore, don't tell Iowa caucus goers, Judge Roy Moore is a bad guy because he didn't want to bow the knee to bail on Obergefell and Windsor. Oh my gosh, you're going to get freaking annihilated. Absolutely annihilated. You'd be better off saying you're pro-choice, and I'm dead serious when I say that. Because when you, when you go there, you essentially say, I have no balls. It's not that I'm even wrong. I have no balls at all and cannot be counted on. And that is how you will not build a base. Someone needs to get a hold of Ben Sass And he needs a checkup from the neck up here, Todd. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, either way, I was not too drunk. That Notwithstanding, I just never got too drunk on ben sass or anybody i mean i'm i am my religion in politics is not caring about the upcoming election at all until like the day before really (laughs) um and it's great it's great uh so but that being said um you know i i i i haven't figured out yet if ben sass thinks he's just as cool as his fawners think he is if he does think that then he's inevitably toast no matter what. Because if he didn't just step in this now to the degree that Steve's analysis he did, he will sooner or later. Uh, He needs to be uh, way more uh, deep, way more substantive than just the the cool kid in class. Well,
1: because what Ben Sasse has coming to Iowa is that he has the chairman of the Republican Party telling him, and that's Jeff Kaufman telling him he's not welcome here. He has the Iowa committee man, Steve Scheffler, saying he's not welcome here. The last thing he wants to do is alienate the base that, that um, Steve was talking about with the people that would go to the family leader event, which is November 18th. So it'll be very interesting to see what kind of a speech he has that day.
2: By the way, I want him to be successful, okay? I mean, he's got one of the top four or five Liberty scores in the Senate right now. So, I mean, this is... You know, um, I'm trying to coach him up here. We just had we just had two or three three and outs. You know, the analogy I'm drawing here. We got off to a good start. We had two or three three and outs. I'm on the sidelines right now. We're co- I'm coaching him up here. So this is an attempt to get somebody's attention more so than kick him to the curb, Aaron. If you wanted to add to this,
0: yeah, it's I, I, I'm back to the position where he he needs if, if he wants to build a base, then he's going to have to probably expend some political capital at some point. He's going to have to lead on something. He's going to have to have a Ted Cruz staying up all night. Uh, filibustering or speaking uh, moment. He's going to have to whether that's uh, in the next few years standing up to a potential Democrat, um, you know, a majority if that even happens, which still doesn't look like it. It could. He needs to have some sort of moment that allows people to rally behind him when everything is maybe against him, where the odds are against him. He needs to have a moment, whether that's leaving his own fa- family or his own part, not his own family, his own party, uh, or whether it's standing up to his own party on the Senate floor. What, something like that, where the odds are against him, that like-minded people can rally behind him and identify with him. I think that's how he grows his base at this point.
2: Jeff Payne in Winter Springs, Florida says, kudos to you and Noah Rothman. You guys' war of words on Monday's podcast. Too many talk shows are a little more than pom-pom shaking contests rather than a contest of ideas. And this contest of ideas spurred me to thinking, which is why it was a good contest of ideas. Judges are to law as referees are to sport. Now, suppose a team of football refs looked at the penumbras and emanations of the rules of football and discovered, lo and behold, that what we've been calling a forward pass is, in fact, a forward lateral, which is against the rules. So since judges, or I mean referees, have the last word and their decisions are the law of the land, these refs will henceforth assess penalties for each and every so-called forward pass. And in light of something called stare decisis, uh, they insist that every football referee across the land do likewise. And football's rules committees, well, they're too busy lobbying to maintain their positions, to be bothered with silly things like, well the rules of the game. This is what thinking like Noah Rothmans has done to the rule of law in this country. Referees make the calls. Righteous, stupid, disappointing, baffling, but they do not make the rules. The league has a rules committee for that. In American government, that would be Congress. Noah claimed that judges have a responsibility to enforce the law, but referees do not enforce the rules. Refs do not carry firearms or tasers or a nightstick, not even pepper spray. That's for the ref's safety, by the way. If it team decides to keep on ignoring the refs rules the league has other means to enforce compliance until we fix our mental models we will not fix anything else we will be scarcely aware that anything is even scarcely aware that anything is even wrong jeff that's perfect yeah i couldn't say it better myself Yep. in fact which branch do the enforcers represent the executive branch that's what it's called the executive branch to execute okay or to enforce he, the problem, the, the, the Noah, those with Noah Rothman's view believe that interpretation is actionable. No, it is not. It is not actionable. Actionable means you're now an enforcer, you're an executor, not an interpreter. Interpret is one thing, action is another devising is another. Construction. One, one, one branch constructs, does construction. The other one does interpretation. The other one does execution. Well, you're trying, what, what, what too many on our own team are trying to say, I get why the left is doing this. They don't believe in checks and balances in the Constitution in the first place. And they, and, and they know that much of the social transformation they seek even in our declining state as a culture could not happen outside of the 15% of counties Hillary Clinton won last year. That's why they do this by judicial fiat. I get what they're trying to do. What I don't get is why so many on the right want to play this exact same game. I I had a woman today who puts in her bio attorney Bonhoeffer Christian. Who is Diedrich Bonhoeffer? Someone that went to a concentration camp where he died for defying immoral edicts and laws made by tyrants. Tyrants. He actually started off being a pacifist. And then he's confronted with a level of man's inhumanity to man that he can't he can't comprehend. He realizes that his preening progressive idealistic view is no match for this level of malevolence. And he goes from starting off being a pacifist to taking part in the assassination attempt of a world leader. He defies the model. Because the model sucks. It's broken. There's a higher law. We had several judges stood up there after this period in history, stood up there at Nuremberg and said, I followed the German law. Hitler was elected. I followed the law. We put a noose around every one of their damn necks and kicked the table out from underneath them and watched their necks break and watched them stop breathing. And then we buried them in unmarked tombs. Every last damn one of them who said they followed the law. Every last one of them we executed. Every last one. Because that's not the law. And this woman who calls herself a Bonhoeffer Christian attorney says the Supreme Court is the supreme interpreter of the law. No, they're not. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union. What came first, the people or the Constitution in the courts? What came first? The The people. The people. The people are the ultimate interpreter of the law. That's not freedom. That's a freaking oligarchy, man. That's th- So just think, step back and think logically for a second. 56 men sign a document that pledges their lives, fortunes, and sacred honors. And many of them, if you watch that Paul Harvey video on YouTube where he goes through the history of these men, many of them did pay all of those things. And they did that so that 240 years later, all of that could be undone by one federal judge or five justices on a U.S. Supreme Court. It just... It, then, then we're the dumbest revolutionaries on, in the history of this freaking planet what a waste of freaking time the last 230 years have been it just when you lay it out like that I hope you're laughing and it sounds dumb because it is I'm sorry you went to law school where the truth goes to die where Americanism goes to die but just because you have degrees doesn't mean you know a damn thing Every one of those judges we hung at Nuremberg, they all had law and fancy law degrees too. We hung them all, every last one, and didn't think twice, and cheered when they died. We hung them all. Everybody that stood up there and looked at Dred Scott in that Supreme Court courtroom one day and said, Yeah, I know you're talking to me as a sentient being, but your property, they had fancy degrees too. And every one of those damn justices that read the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution which says equal protection under the law and rejected it and ignored it and Plessy versus Ferguson, they all had fancy law degrees too. The courts are not supreme. We are. Under the guise and direction of the supreme being from whom our rights come. If you don't want that system cool it just means you're not actually fighting to conserve the system our founders devised you're fighting for another system and it might be better than the one the pagans want but it will eventually end up where the pagans are final words todd aaron kim i give you the floor
3: well that right there is why i'm on this show we need, we, we talked about changing paradigms in terms of healthcare. The lies we tell the, ourselves in terms of how our government is supposed to function, whom it's supposed to serve, our legion. Uh, one, of the, it, one of my primary duties as a father t- uh, to for my four daughters is to, over time, allow them to think exactly like what Steve offered us right there. That is solid food. That will allow them to get through life without being the people who almost accidentally one day find themselves having to make the same decision as those judges and being a different kind of person and being the one who, despite whatever degree they had, despite whatever college they went to, didn't need all that to know what the truth is and to know that when the moment comes... That they must stand for it no matter what.
1: I'm glad you brought up Bonhoeffer because um, I've been doing a lot of research about him, because of you know the 500 year and the Reformation and you know what he talked about, what he taught about the higher law, and um, it reminds me of something that's in the Iowa Capitol, and it's written on the wall, and it says nothing that is morally wrong is politically right. And of course, the legislators—they walk underneath it and ignore it. But the point is, there is a higher law, and what are you going to do about it?
0: Yeah, until we recognize that um, this country is going to con- continue its um, sprint towards Gomorrah, if we're not already there. At some point, this this whole thing is going to crash and burn. Until we admit to ourselves and admit to God that the, he is the supreme being not the supreme court not the constitution not anybody's interpretation of it until we get right with god and that sounds trite but it's true until we get right with god nothing is going to be right in our uh, legis- in our culture in our politics nothing is going to be right
2: I, I just don't understand why some really smart people want to play by the very wicked rules that put us in this place to begin with. I, I understand taking somebody like Judge Roy Moore, who at times is overzealous, and having to rein him in. I, I understand that. I don't understand, though, the flaccid notion of just standing there and doing nothing but blogging while they're taking it from us. I don't and and I hope I never do. I hope I can never really in my mind compete or compute with that level of complacency. I don't they, I don't want to be able to wrap my they mind. They don't right.
3: understand the place they're in. They live in a gated community of heart, mind, and soul. They just they have insulated from it. That's why know.
1: part of it to me seems like they're just doing what they actually believe.
2: And that's why I'm trying to not make this about Judge Roy Moore as much as I can. Yeah. And just say, I don't care what you think of his candidacy. And frankly, unless you and I live in Alabama, our opinions are relevant anyway. All right. I'm more interested in the higher in the themes he's addressing. All right. And even if you don't like the way he's addressing them, what a, where what, what about the general theme? Where, where do you draw the line? Everything because now 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 starry decisis doesn't matter. Used to be by a preponderance of precedent. Now now we don't need a preponderance of precedent. We can have fifty seven court rulings that say Trump's travel ban is great. And if just one says no, then we just enforce that one as it's the, the, the law. We don't even do we don't even do the starry decisis scam now. We don't even do that now. It's literal just lawlessness. No, it just is just pure lawlessness. Pure unadulterated banana republic kind of stuff. And then to watch people who on one hand want to say judge ray moore is a terrible person for doing some for trying to do something about this even if you don't like the way that he did it but then the next day write a column that says judges stay in your lane yep. or what or what then so or what what do we what will we do then you're relying on the character
3: of people have clearly consciously decided that their character shows them that they are above the law yes. and they will yes. do it out. Yeah. Well, they had a different definition of yep. character
2: than you do, brother. Yep. yep. Yeah. I, I I, wonder sometimes if we are scared to win. Scared to win. Scared that maybe we really can't do this self-governing thing. And I don't think a lot all these people are sellouts. Because a lot of the people I'm, ta- I'm referencing right now in the last year took positions on that election that b- did not do good things for their career, their bottom line. So it's, s- this, isn't ju- this isn't Jay Sekulow selling out Judge Roy Moore in the Ten Commandments monument 15 years ago as, a, as, a, as the Aaron boy executioner for George W. Bush. We can have a seat at the table. This is something we can actually scheme around that. This is something institutionalized. This is, a, this is, you know, it says in the scriptures, our faith is for the tearing down of strongholds. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Whoring yourself out, man, that's, there's nothing new under the sun. But a bunch of people who have lost their cable news contributor jobs, have seen the traffic to their websites plummet, because they were willing to draw a line and say, I just can't in good conscience sign up with Donald Trump. They, li- they got nothing in return for that. So we're not dealing with whoring yourself. We're not dealing with whores here. You're, you're, dealing, with, you're dealing with, Moses, why, why did you tell Pharaoh to let us go? Because at least before you did that, he was giving us food. And now, and, and now we have to even go, now we got to go get the straw to make our bricks. You're dealing with an institutionalized mindset. Did you just bring us out into this desert to die? At least the Egyptians gave us food to eat and water to drink. We have been enslaved by statism and progressivism for so long that I think we cannot contemplate an era where we could win and rule. I don't think we could. And ultimately, much of the conservative movement are the 10 spies who after witnessing all of God's miracles over the course of many years, when they are sent into the land to do recon and assess it, come back and forget all of the miracles they saw and say, boy, those giants in there are pretty big. I don't think we can take them out. I don't think we can do this. That's what much of the conservative movement is. We have very few Joshua's and Caleb's, way too many of the other 10 tribes, Way too many. Man, that dusty old book called The Bible still has a lot of lessons for us. Every now and then, every now and then it comes up with one. Every now and then. Thanks for listening today here on CRTV. Promo code DACE to watch today's DACE Group Roundtable on CRTV.com. Have a great weekend. Until then, John 317.
3: Is Steve Dace. I like it, you.